SMQBs. This is episode 59. So, so, so much sports to talk about tonight. We have to talk about the greatest Final Four in the history of the NCAA tournament. We have Major League Baseball opening week. We've crowned a women's basketball national champion. In addition, we've got to talk about the Masters this week. We have punchable faces and Ted Lasso's abound. So much sports. Check it out. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. And from the people climb up on the booth, singing from the people on the people, my head's the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQB's episode 59. Oh my God, so much sports to get to tonight. But first, we're talking about a four-time Super Bowl champ. This is an interesting one, by the way. Jack Six Ham. Time, Has to be Jack Ham. It's like the only person who wore 59. But the thing <laughs> that makes it interesting is on the heels of number 58 heels. last week. Heels, go heels. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> this is going to be a nightmare. We got to get out of the show. 50s and 60s. This is, yeah. 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 Well, so let, let me just run through a couple of these here. Six-time first-team All-Pro, two-time second-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler, all-70s decade team, 75th anniversary all-time team, 100th anniversary all-time team, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Pretty not such a bad uh, linebacking core yep. that the Steelers had there, eh? I was the hoping best. you weren't going to say the best four- ever. Yeah, I was hoping you weren't going to say four-time Super Bowl champion so that Seth Joyner could be in the mix, but that kind of canceled him out. Mm. Yeah, yes. anyone can anyone, yeah. anyone even think of a number sixty? I can. Oh, I can. Don't Otis Otis Sistrunk. No, you got to go with Concrete Charlie. What? It's not till next week. Hey, let's right. not look at all right. All right, here. yeah. We're, we're uh, gonna have we'll have somebody with a green jacket by next time when we do a pod. I mean, come on, right. don't think that far. What are we gonna do when we get to a hundred? Well, we're gonna start over because we didn't yeah. really start doing this till like episode thirty or so. Yeah. So we can we can Good have point. a lot to cover. Look, there's a lot of sports this week. Some really important things going on. It's MLB opening day. The Masters starts. We have another F1 race this week. Man City versus uh, Liverpool to decide the EPL championship, most likely coming down the pike. I mean, I, I can't, there's really no other sports that are worth talking about. And Great. so I think we should, I mean, everything else yeah. sort of takes a back seat to those events uh, this week. But I, I do think Pope wants to talk about something and, and, <laughs> you know, we're, we're an equal opportunity podcast here and, even though nobody else is really that interested in it, Pope, what you had something you wanted to He's bring? He's talking up about talk the about. world, the World Cup, I think. Mark Miller. Oh, the World yeah, Cup right. draws. Yeah, yeah the, draws. World Cup draws. the Mavs beat the Bucks, right? That's right. The Mavs got their ass kicked by the Wizards too. They did. They did, no doubt. Yeah. But yeah. you know, Spencer Dinwiddie looked awesome. Guys, before uh, these guys get to the uh, NBA, where where do they start? Well, some actually just go from high school to NBA, but most go. To college, and tonight we're going to crown a new champion. Um, I had the fortune of being at uh, easily the most amazing sporting event I've ever been into in my life, and I've seen three national champion games. Uh, Carolina's one, two, and I didn't think Kansas Villanova was that good of a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did they play? I'm sorry. He's talking uh, about UConn. He's talking about UConn and best South ever, Carolina. Best, best in your life. Best in my life. I, you know, wow. I can't describe for you the atmosphere there. And if, if you're not, you know, a Duke fan or a Carolina fan, then you probably are like, yeah, whatever. You know, we don't get it. Yes. But I mean, the fandom was so tense all day long. I mean, you could see it walking around in, in New Orleans. The Duke fans were over in their little cliques, the Carolina fan. I mean, there wasn't any crosstalk. I mean, it was. Everybody was just nervous as hell about what might happen because the stakes were, you know, ultimate bragging rights. And Carolina, if they win, they kick K to the curb for two times at home. And then ultimately, if Duke wins, then they can undo the damage done to Cameron and go off fairy tale with a national championship. So obviously the stakes were really high. I mean, 
the, the, again, the game, I think it, the game lived up to um, the hype. How were your seats, Pope? How were your seats? You know, they were they were not great, but they were real good. I mean, they were lower bowl. Anytime you're in the lower bowl, you can see the players. You're not watching the video. Uh, we, we could see um, easily you could see the arc of the ball on the far court and the closer court, you know, to us. We could see the arc, but you couldn't really tell if it was going to be good or not, um, which, you know, either great or or not, depending on, on how you want to look at it for the second half, because Carolina was shooting at us when they went nuts. First half, we were watching Carolina shoot uh, very poorly. You know, both teams were really tight to start off with. Um, but, you know, I, and I texted you and I, I looked it up. I wanted to make sure I got this right. At halftime, I said, I like where we are. Duke and Biggs in foul trouble. Either Love or Manic shows up would be nice. Well, second half comes around and second half, Caleb Love. You know, Duke goes up by seven. And I'll tell you, you know, Cheryl and I were – tense the entire game because we always felt like Duke just kind of was a better team on the court and any point they could pull away and make it difficult for Carolina to catch him. Uh, and so Duke went up by seven real quick at the beginning of the second half. And we were just like, row, row, you know, if this could get ugly and Carolina goes on a 13 0 run triggered by Caleb had 10 points with two threes and uh, a couple drives to the basket. And Kay had to call a timeout and, I'll tell you what, I think that in the, towards the end of the game, he could have used a couple of those timeouts, but he felt like the momentum was really swinging. So he called a timeout and Carolina was up by four. And I think everybody at that point just realized that we were going to go toe to toe for the rest of the game. And it was going to be a nail biter. And it, would, it was the last fucking thing anybody wanted in there. They wanted clarity. They didn't want this to come down to the last minute because of the, you know, the nerves You couldn't, couldn't withstand it. Like, Caleb, I mean, uh, Roach was dribbling the ball at the end of the first half with a minute left. The game was tied. And I turned to uh, to Cheryl and I said, how would you feel if this was the end of the game? It was tied. And she said, I can't even contemplate that. Don't even talk to me about it. So what happened? That's what, exactly what happened. Um, Duke goes up by one. I'm not going to do a recap of the entire second half, but Duke goes up by one with 61 seconds left after Wendell Moore hits that three. And, you know, it's a big possession. R.J. Davis gets fouled, makes two free throws. Uh, back and forth before that between uh, Caleb and Brady making threes. They both finally showed up. Um, they go down. Baycott foul, fouls out. Uh, Mark Williams goes to the line, misses both free throws. That was obviously critical because Carolina had the ball up by one and could work the clock down to oh. 20, 20 seconds. And then Caleb, and you can see it you know, here on my, my background, Caleb hit the shot, the shot that if they win the title tonight, they're going to compare that to the Michael Jordan shot over Mark Williams. The oh, you boy. know hit that oh, shot boy. to go up by four, oh, and from boy. then on, wait, wait, wait a minute, what did, did he you just say? Michael this Jordan. Is, this is getting we've reached the theater of the absurd. I was just hear what did he just say? That yeah, we if, knew this was going to happen. This is the theater if, of the absurd. Oh, boy, off the listen, rails. listen, we got to We got to get. They win. If they yeah. win tonight, that shot will be compared so, to the Jordan listen, shot. Let, you mean look, the Leitner I'm, shot? No. Unfortunately. <laughs> oh, my God. Unfortunately, we, we are we are doing this pod on, on a regular schedule, so we're not – we don't have the benefit of the of the game tonight. But I got to tell you that there was a moment – there was a moment in the in the North Carolina locker room where uh, uh, Baycock came in and was, you know – Again, one of these basketball players sobbing, uh, you know, crying on the shoulder of Hubert Davis. And then I think Love came in right after and joined in the hug. And then someone else came in. And these guys were near tears hugging, uh, hugging your coach. And I got to tell you, the, the, it was a really nice moment. It was, it, was, it was nice to see how these players loved their coach. But I, I gave me grave concern for your chances tonight. And that's because the emotion that was taken out of these guys for that game to win that game, what what do they have in the tank to go finish the job tonight? Well, let, let me, let me Baycott's that. got a Baycott's got a bad ankle now. Yeah, yeah, but he's going to play through it. Let, let, let me. I'll finalize the the semi game and then we can talk about the answer to your question. No, no we finalized it. Yeah, we finalized it. Won. No, no, no. You won the game. You won the game. My, my point 
Hang on. My point is, after the game, Carolina acted and their fans acted like they had won the national championship. Yeah, They celebrated on the court as if they'd won the national championship because it was that important to them and their fans. So what do you have left in the tank? So I've been listening to the you know Carolina Insider pods to try to get you know a feel for what's going on there. And, and here's what they're playing for tonight. They're playing for a banner in the Smith Center. They're playing for the right to walk onto campus with the swag that they have a national title. They can walk that way, act that way, talk that way. It's a big fucking deal to have a banner in the Smith Center. Caleb Love and Baycott are playing to have a banner for most outstanding player in the Final Four. They have a lot to play for. Yeah, I, is, I agree with you. This team is focused. This I team can't, is really I can't imagine that this team is not motivated to win for Hubert Davis. You know, they are. That, they are that's an amazing story right there. But, but Pope, let's, I, I, I like the spirit of it and they're going to win for <laughs> their coach and all that. That's, that's awesome. But let's talk about Kansas. Let's talk about the matchup. Let's talk about McCormick, Lightfoot, Baycott type. Abaji. Abaji is the best player in the yeah. possibly yeah. injured. But I mean, in, in, you don't have much depth, right? I mean, I, I don't. I mean, how do you? Yeah, is this going to be the toughest matchup of the tournament? I'm, I'm assuming, you know, head to head. You know, I don't, I don't know. I still think Baylor or even UCLA was a tougher matchup. Um, I here's the deal with with Kansas. Um, I said in the second half against Miami, they played the best half of anybody in the tournament, and I think the first half against. Villanova, that was probably the second best half of the tournament. Uh, Kansas is a, is, is a machine when they play like that. But the second half against Villanova, I mean, Toby, you watched it. I mean, you know, they, they kind of went through the motions. They didn't have to play a great half because they had built such a big lead and Nova never really got that close. Um, if Kansas doesn't play two good halves and if they revert to form and play a bad half, Carolina can easily take advantage of that. But if Kansas plays – Two good halves. It's going to be very difficult for Carolina to beat them. That's what I'm. You know, to Milk's point though, um, Carolina scored eight what eighty one points against Duke. Yeah. Seventy nine of those points were scored by their five starters. Yeah, yeah. They have no depth at all. None. None. And, and, and one of them. And one of them, and one of and them, one of them has a bad yeah. ankle. I mean, you yeah. know, he'll play through it, but he's hurt. Look, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna gonna go on record right now, and I, I know this could be totally wrong because when you're dealing with eighteen to 22, 23-year-olds, who who knows what's going to show up. But I, I think Carolina, and understandably so, this is not a criticism, I think they 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 blew their load uh, winning that game. <laughs> I think they left it out there. I, I mean, again, I, I get it. I understand why. I think for those guys who are 98% of their offense, right, 99% of their offense, the legs are tired, the energy's out there. And uh, I think they're going to have a tough night. I think Kansas is going to win this. House, what what do you think? I I, I think this game is going to be decided really by the officials. Mm-hmm. You saw Ooh. two completely different games in officiating in the national semifinals. The Kansas-Villanova game was a beautifully officiated game. They let the kids play. And that was mainly to Villanova's detriment. Villanova didn't shoot the ball well, but... McCormick is just an absolute beast to deal with in the middle. And conversely, in the Duke game, you had the most whistle-happy refs that you've had in this tournament. Uh, there were, Other than Baylor. There were six fouls called on Duke centers in the first 10 minutes. Um, Williams had to sit for 15 minutes in the first half, and they basically played Johns with four fouls in the first half. If they do that to McCormick, North Carolina wins. If if North, if they let these guys play and they really, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the spread's about right. I think it's Kansas by four and a half. If they let these guys play and the McCormick, uh, and even if Agbaji doesn't play up to 100% of what he played the last game, if the Kansas team is on the floor without being in foul trouble, they win. But if McCormick hits that bench early, Pope, it's your championship. Milk, what do you got for us? I've got Kansas because you know it's funny you they're favored what are they favored for four four and a half they don't they feel like the uh, the underdog 
I feel like they're coming, talk about motivation. I mean, they're coming into, I think, I mean, the whole world's talking about UNC. I feel like Kansas is coming in with this chip on their shoulder. Like the least known number one seed in the tournament ever, right? That's in the yeah, finals. They've, 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 got the feeling, they've got to have that feeling like everybody wants us to lose. Everyone wants UNC to win. I think they're going to be extremely motivated. Um, and I think the matchup's not there for them. I could be wrong. But the depth issue is going to be a problem. I, I think Kansas is going to win. Pope's going to get the last word on this. Rooster, what do you got? I, I if Listen, I, I agree with House, but I think it it's more of a risk to UNC if the refs call a tight game because you get one guy on that team in foul trouble and they're screwed because, like I said, they've got no bench. Um, and if Baycott is – if his ankle is healthy, he had 21 rebounds yeah, last night. Yeah. They lose two nights ago. Over. They haven't had that hasn't happened in a final four game since 2003. Um, and only like seven guys have ever done that. I mean, he's, he's getting better each game, I think. So if he's, way, that, if he's healthy and they stay out of foul trouble, I got UNC. That, that no bench for North Carolina probably has like five high school all Americans on it. Wrap it up for us, Pope. What do you got? All right. So a couple stats. Bill Self, Bill Thank Self you. followed who at at Kansas? Roy Williams. Roy. Hubert Davis followed who at Carolina? Roy Williams. The Roy Williams Invitational tonight, guys. First time that a coach has had two seceding coaches play each other for a national championship. And I mean, last time. Wild. And probably last time. This is the fifth time that Carolina and Kansas have played in the Final Four. This is the second time they played for the national championship. Um, I... I I believe in these guys. They have a swag. They they have taken over the personality of Hubert Davis, who's such a nice guy, but underneath that veneer, he is he is a fiery competitor, and he's got these guys playing at their best level in their careers. They know that the job is not done. They know if they really want to be considered one of the greatest tournament teams ever, they have to win tonight, and I think they're going to win, but I think it's going to be close. Another, another Maalox masher. I got the heels by five. All right, there you have it. Pope, I got a trivia question for you. Name the four Division I coaches who are ahead of Roy Williams and Dean Smith in all-time wins. In all-time wins? Yep. Uh, Krzyzewski, Mm -hmm. uh, Beheim, Mm -hmm. Any guys want to help me out? That's fine. Uh, guy from uh, the guy. What about the guy from Mount St. Mary's? No, no, no. no, no. Are they active? Are they active? No, no, no. Is, one, is one is one of them Denny Crum? Nope. No, no. Uh, John Wooden doesn't nope. get there. I don't think does he? Calhoun, uh, my man, uh, and uh, Huggins, which is shocking to me. Huggy, Huggy's going oh, yeah. college yeah. basketball. Yeah. We just huh? I know we got to move on, but I, I got to say, because I can't believe we're talking about this whole thing without any mention whatsoever of Coach K's final coach game in college basketball. And I, and I would just say that the North Carolina win was very impressive. I just have to say, I'm glad that Coach K is done so we can be over the feigned anger at this guy. And I think, right. I, think I, agree. Tribute, I think tribute should go to this guy. I mean, he's been an incredible coach. He, he hasn't had controversy and all kinds of ugliness happened in his program. He coached our Olympics to gold medals. I mean, like, I don't really get it. I get that people think he's smarmy and all this other stuff, but listen, if that was coach K's ever last game ever for any kind of basketball, here's my tipping of my hat to coach K. I don't think he has any reason to be embarrassed about it. I I agree. I heard a, I heard at least three podcasts today where the whole theme of the podcast was his legacy was destroyed. He's ruined, man. That's such no. bullshit. It's not destroyed. I mean, no. you know what we ought to what we ought to be talking about is, which I think is unfair to uh, Carolina is what a great story it is that Hubert Davis took over from Roy Williams, and Roy Williams is there every game cheering him on in the stands, not taking one ounce of the limelight away from him, just cheering him on. And Hubert Davis gave an interview the other day and said, man, I wish Roy hadn't retired. I loved working for him for seven <laughs> years. I didn't want him to leave. I mean, what a great story but, Hubert Davis listen, is. And instead, that, everyone's talking about all this pretend hate to Coach K. I mean, really. Imagine what, that pressure, by the way. 
Like he's sitting behind you at all times. Right. Yeah. Yeah, But he's like your number one cheerleader. It's not, it's not like, you know, judging you and trying to take any of the attention away. But, you know, let me me say something about Kay real quick, because after the game, he went up to Baycott and he tapped him on the chest and he said, I hope you're okay. Uh, You were my player of the year. So, you know, we can say all we want. We can say all we want, but, but Kay left a mark in college basketball that no other coach in modern times will ever leave. And, you know, he went out, he went out with class and as a Carolina fan who has had plenty of times when I've yelled and screamed and spit at him, I can say that, that he went out with class. Big Kyle and the, Kay's, uh, uh, Kay's grandson are buddies. Kyle's, and this, same with McCormick too. This is, this is the last word. I'm getting the last word on this now. I tried to give it to you, Pope, but you got hijacked, but, Listen, the, the, to your point about, about K being ruined and all that stuff, the, the fiercest competitors, the people who, who love it the most, they can't walk away and they almost need to be like, like, like they need that loss almost, right? Like you look at, at Jordan had to come back and play with the Wizards. Uh, Brady's got to go back now. I mean, these guys, <laughs> they, they have to go back and play. And so, you know, there, there's, Kay's not affected by it. His legacy is not affected by losing that game. That, that's for sure. So, but look, we, we got to move on. The NCAA has crowned one basketball national champion already. Rooster, talk to us about the women's national championship. You know, it's uh, it's almost like a similar story to Coach K. Gino Oriemo had, had was eleven and zero in championship games for UConn. Eleven, eleven and zero, and. Uh, Lots. You know, last night, um, South Carolina dominated UConn wire to wire. It was sort of like watching the beginning of the Kansas-Villanova game. Um, they, I mean, they Dawn Staley outcoached Geno. Her team outplayed UConn. Uh, they out-rebounded UConn 49-24. to um, I mean, the game was over as soon as it started, and they got to within six points a couple of times, and then um, South Carolina just just pulled away with ease each time. I thought Gino, you've watched the game, Toby. I thought Gino looked bored. He didn't look like he was coaching at all. Uh, you know, I was waiting for him to take Paige Beckers aside and say, shoot the damn ball every time you touch it. Just stop passing because your teammates look scared to death out there. Just take this game over. And he never did any of that. I, I think we could be seeing the last game. Gino's ever coaching for you guys. Ooh, interesting. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, interesting. An SMQ takedown. Yep. Yeah. He did, he did not look like he was into that game at all. He wow. knew he was outmatched. It was a one-on-five game with Paige Beckers against those other five. But if you want to watch any highlights and you want to watch like a little um, kind of women's basketball Iverson, this girl, Destiny Henderson, that played last night. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, she really took over the game. I mean, Aaliyah Boston's a, a force to be reckoned yep. with down low, but this Destiny Henderson was like, holy mackerel. I, 26 I've points. A, I've never seen someone so fast on the court for a women's college basketball player. It was pretty cool. Good Bruce, stuff. Good stuff. Did the, um, so you're saying the SEC won another national championship? <laughs> I am. Take okay. credit for it. No, right. Take credit for it. I want, I, yeah. <laughs> Just add it on. Throw it on. Oh boy. All right. All right. Well, congratulations uh, to South Carolina and, uh, and their national championship. And we'll have, we'll have a, another national championship crown tonight. Okay. Um, more importantly than all of that, and then anything else we're going to talk about uh, probably for the next couple months, it's major league baseball opening day this week. And uh, look, we, last year we were able to dedicate an entire episode just to baseball. Of course, there wasn't a work stoppage last year that led to the season starting in the middle of Masters Week and the national championships and, and everything else going on. So here we are. Uh, we made it. We, we're going to have baseball. We're going to have a full season of baseball. We covered the, the work stoppage and the lockout. We talked about some of the weird changes in the game. But it is time to just focus on it. Uh, and just look real quickly. You know, it's opening day. Who you guys Give me one thing. You either love it about baseball or you hate it, hate about baseball. Uh, and, and Pope, let's start with you. Oh, come on. Not one thing. I'll just say them real quick. 
I mean, baseball is the first sport I played as a kid, playing catch with my dad in the backyard. I mean, I was reading box scores before I was reading. Um, it's just always been my first love. All right, that was good. That was succinct. That wasn't I wasn't expecting that. You, you caught me off guard. House, go for it. Um, for someone with tremendous ADD, I love that you can zone out in baseball. <laughs> really, when you go to a baseball, <laughs> you go to a baseball game, you can just like you can miss a couple pitches and still really enjoy the game. But I love keeping score at a baseball game with a pencil and a scorecard. I love keeping score at a baseball game. Wow, you're that guy. Wow. I'm that guy. Right. You're that guy. Yeah. Nope. I, I look, I'm a big, I'll, I'll, I'll give a negative. First of all, since no one else has the balls to do it. Well, that's next. Oh, break the rule. Oh, okay. We're just doing positives. All right. Yeah. yeah same I thing. That's I hard grew, for you. Milk. I'm grew, I grew up playing baseball. My kids are playing it now. Um, I don't know. There's just, there's just something about it. And, you know, it gets a bad rap on being boring or whatever, but baseball games can be very, very exciting at times. Rallies, you know, uh, home runs, the whole thing. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it gets shit Those on a runners. little bit, but, I, but I, I think it's actually a pretty exciting sport. Rooster? Look, I still have the baseball glove my grandfather gave me when I was 12 years old for my birthday. It was a, uh, a Bobby Bonds special and I got it restrung about 10 years ago and still use it on the beach when the kids are young. I, I still have all every baseball card I ever bought all, all in plastic sleeves and notebooks. I mean, I love baseball. I just love it. And the thing I love the most about it is what's happening on Thursday afternoon, Yankees, Red Sox, baby. Mm. So there this, you go. I, and, and and my thing on it is is uh you know the the game the sights and sounds of the game of baseball are unlike anything else right i mean yeah. if you go to a football game a hockey game a basketball game there's a buzz in the in the stadium all the time but baseball you know some of the sights and sounds that go along with the game aren't even part of the game i mean the seventh inning stretch is is you know a, a national tradition and it's not part of the action on the field even. There's just so much. Uh, but but really, the, I mean, the crack of the bat is it's something that's unique to baseball, that sound. And uh, th- I think that's just part of just the game day experience really uh, is what makes baseball special. Yeah. So I guess, I guess we're going to have to do negatives. I, I, I don't know that well, I can I mean, find it. But Pope, go for it. Well, I think I think – Field of Dreams, the movie, just basically tells you everything you need to know about why we love baseball. The history. True. The yeah. history of the game, the smell of the field, the crack of the bat, the, the sound of the glove when the ball goes in. I mean, that, that stuff is just – you can't replic- replicate that. All right, so what's your negative? So my negative is the, game, the games are too damn long uh, and the season's too damn long. Um, we're, if we're talking Major League Baseball as opposed to just baseball in general, I mean, 162 games is just too long. It is uh, we're losing uh, the fan base, um, a lot of self-inflicted wounds on top of that, ghost runners and all other stupid shit. But um, we we have to figure out a way to save baseball for the next generation or two. And um, I, I love stats. Baseball is a big stat game, but um, we'll just have to come up with uh, new stats. We've got to shorten the game. Uh, and shorten the season uh, and maybe add more teams for the playoffs. But uh, that's my biggest gripe with baseball right now. Who's up next? I'm going to pick up from something Pope just finished with. I I think baseball is really sad that for 80% of fans in the major league baseball by June 1st, their season's over. I mean, you really, it's been expanded a little bit with the wild card, but I agree with Pope. I'd rather see more teams have a shot at it. I wish baseball would come up with something creative, like some kind of loser for, for a second half tournament. Like when you're in the basically below 500, you can still make it into some kind of wild, something zany or crazy so that our stadiums could still be filled with fans who have an interest because the fans go away when their team has no chance at it. And I think that happens for a lot of fans after January, uh, after June 1st. Milk. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, my, well, you t- Pope touched on the length of the season. I, I, I find the ghost runner rule to be the worst 
uh, worst rule in all of professional sports. I can't stand it. It's somewhat ruined the game for me a little bit. Um, I was really excited. I thought I was going to go away. And then for some godforsaken reason, they brought it back. I have no fucking idea why. It sucks. It really pisses me off. It doesn't help at all. They need to get rid of it. Um, But great point, House. I think by you see these stadiums in late June, July, they're basically empty. And it is. And and there's 81 games, home games. I mean, there's just people stop going. Yeah. It'd be better if it was 100. 100 home games. (laughs) Rooster, Rooster, what's your negative? You know, I don't have a problem with 162 games. I mean, it was never a problem when I was a kid, and it's not a problem now, in my view. The things I have a problem with are less and less of our fellow citizens are playing baseball. They're not growing up and playing baseball. We don't get to see homegrown talent any anymore because kids don't grow up and play baseball. And to, to um, Toby's point, I mean, if you guys were following baseball in the 70s, was some, some of that the was great, not. some of the greatest teams ever in the seventies were the Pittsburgh Pirates, yes. the Baltimore Orioles, the Detroit Tigers, big red I mean, machine, they, yeah, Cincinnati Reds, the Oakland Athletics. You don't get to see that anymore, um, and it's a damn shame. And it's because we've allowed owners to own baseball teams who have no interest in winning. They they really are not even trying to win, and that is what the players union was trying to, one of the things they were trying to address this year during the lockout, which is there has to be a minimum amount you should spend on salary, not just a cap. Right. That has to happen because it's not fair to fans in in cities like Pittsburgh. Well, I got to tell you, I hate the DH. Uh, I hate Rob Manfred, but the worst thing that happens in a baseball season to me is when a pitcher fakes to second and the whole crowd yells balk. Get it together, people. Learn the learn the rules. Learn the damn rules. It's not a balk if you fake to second. Okay, guys? All right? Let's just figure that out once and for all. All right. We're going around the horn. We're going to cover some uh, predictions here. We're starting out. We got it. We're going to keep the order because we can't bat out of order. That's, that's an out. Uh, we're going to start with the AL Cy Young winner. Pope, you're up. Give it to us quick. We got to move fast to these. My my man Rooster's going to love it. Derek Cole. House? Shane Bieber returns to form after injury. Shane Bieber wins the Cy Young in the AL. Milk? Garrett Cole, now that he can play without cheating. <laughs> Rooster? Now that Lynn is hurt, Cole. All right, I've got Cole on my list too, so uh, that was uh, almost unanimous there. All right, NL Cy Young. Uh, Walker Bueller. Yeah, Zach Wheeler takes second again, to, this time to Walker Bueller. Milk? <sighs> Vomit. I picked Zach Wheeler. Yes! yes. Oh, God. Why would you do that? I don't know. I think it's... I, you I mean, all the options you had, you couldn't, you couldn't come up I with had someone Cor- better? I had Corbin Burns. Corbin oh, Burns. And I, uh, I crossed him out. Love I was going to take Burns. Uh, I was going to take Burns, too, but I, I actually... But he won it last year. Max is going to come back and win it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I've got Mad Max, too, partly because I just figure he's going to screw me again. So I figured (laughs) figured that. So I got him on there. All right, AL MVP. uh, No, where are we going? Pope. Uh, I got Otani, but that was the closest one because I think Vlad Jr. has has almost as good a chance this year. Yeah, this one's going to Vlad. It's Vladdy. No, no, no. Get ready, gentlemen. Wander Franco. Oh, oh, boy. oh, oh ready. get ready to what about a Rose Capolo? You're you done with him? No, 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 no. This is Franco. Just watch. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Rooster. I got Vlad. I got Vlad too. Wow, we're all uh we're all uh, on the same page. Yeah, this closer. doesn't usually happen in sports. And now I'm gonna uh, MVP. I'm I don't think anybody's gonna have mine. It's just a gut feel that the uh, replacement first baseman for my Braves, Matt Olson, is going to get it. He's on. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Taking him over Acuna. Yep. I'm well, Acuna. Acuna's not going to be Acuna back is. until. He's yeah. not going to be back until May or June anyway, right? Right. Yeah. He's probably going to have a lot of time off to this season, I would think. Yeah. 
the NL is really hard because I don't think the Nats can win enough games for Soto to get it on his sheer stats. Yeah, he's and the best player, though. He is. And I think I think Harper's in a loaded lineup. I think Mookie and Trey are in a loaded lineup. But I'm going to say Trey Turner is going to take it in the NL. I'm going with Soto. I'm going with Mookie. And I've got Soto, for, but but my concern is the exact one that that you raised, House. I, I just don't. We're gonna we're gonna find out if you can be the MVP on a team that wins seventy five games. Yeah, uh, you that, should that's what we're gonna, be able we're to. Gonna see. You should. You should be. Well, you should be. Why not? But you're right. Yeah. Although I, uh, you know, in the in the theory of everything that that's bad in baseball happens to me, Trey Turner winning would be another another one. And Trey <laughs> probably should have won it last year. Uh, Trey really had a, had a strong argument and didn't, and didn't get enough credit last year. I don't think so. All right. That gets us to who's taking the pennant in the American league. Well, let's do, can we do uh, the pennant winners together? Just makes it go for AL it. And NL? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I mean, the pennant, your pennant winners are, and you know, I called it. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your I called it. I called it uh, for college basketball revenge of the blue bloods this year. So my pennant winners are Yankees, Dodgers. Hmm. Interesting. All well, right. it will be the Dodgers and a team from the AL East, but it will not be the Yankees. It will be the Blue Jays. Ah. <laughs> um, I think I predicted it last year. I'll predict it again. The Rays will win the AL. Um. <laughs> And I actually have I I'm gonna vomit again. I've got the Phillies, guys. Oh, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. I'm buying, I cannot believe I'm buying. Oh my god! Are you gonna play? You're not even gonna win their division. Oh my god! I, mean, I think, milk, I think milk, I'm over I think, COVID. I think milk. I think you're getting relegated, and oh, we're gonna have god. to bring Miller into oh, this. Oh, oh, really, it's really disgusting. Oh it's my disgusting. god! Disgusting. Yeah, look at myself in the mirror. You guys are not going to believe what's going to come out of my mouth, but I, you know, the one thing I think the Yankees needed this off season was a starting pitcher and they didn't even try to get one. Um, if Lewis Severino doesn't come back to full health and, and pitch like a number two, I think we finish in third place in the AL East yep. um, behind. And I've got Toronto and, uh, and the Dodgers in the, in the world series. I don't like I, Toronto. God, Miller would go nuts. I don't yep. like their pitching. I do. I really yeah, hate they're it. pitching. Don't you think the Yankees will just pick up somebody in the season? I mean, that's what they. What do. are they waiting for? I don't. I, you know, I don't well, know. It, I, maybe they're going to see how they do the first quarter of the yeah. year. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Chapman it, it, look, Toronto was was a huge move. Look, I I hate it when House and I agree on sports and see things the same way other than with regard to Allen Iverson being the greatest NBA player of all time. Uh, I really, there's really nothing else that I just, it just drives me up a tree. It's making me want to change this, but I love this Toronto team and I just don't see how anybody competes with the Dodgers with, with the firepower that they have. So I got Toronto and the Dodgers. You're welcome. Uh, Miller, you can, you can thank us later for that. So every year, every year, Toronto has got that, that April buzz. Every three out of ah, three out of five picked them, so we've jinxed them for Paul. You yeah, got, we you jinxed them last year, Milk. I did not pick Toronto. You said look out for Toronto last I year. I did. I did. And I learned my lesson. No, no, no. Well, look, uh, everybody here knows nothing matters unless you win it, right? Everything else is is a, is a you lost your season. Doesn't matter how close you were. Uh, nothing matters unless you win the whole thing. So uh, let's go with, with – let's pick our winners. Pope, I think one of your teams won it last year. It's hard to keep track, but I'm pretty I did sure predict, your team. By the way, I did predict the winner, but the Atlanta Braves. Everybody kind of laughed, but yes. Uh, Evil Empire, the Dodgers, they've just – they've loaded up an offseason, and I just – I think in the long long run, they're not going to be a PB. It would be a shock if the Dodgers didn't win it. The Dodgers win the World Series. I I went and reviewed the Braves lineup just before I made the prediction, and when I saw it again, I realized that we are absolutely going to win the World Series. Wow! <laughs> you can laugh. Oh, I you can you. laugh. I need you, you to say the team. 
Who's the main who's, who, say it? Who's, who are your who, who are your healthy who? starting pitchers right now? Well, that who's is the win? problem. That is the problem now, isn't it? Now, but he we'll said the race. He said the, the race. race. The race. The race. But, but, but Rooster is right. Our pitching is some injuries right now. Yeah, I got the Dodgers like everybody else who's sane. Yeah, yeah, I got the Dodgers too. Which means, of course, they're not going to win. Right, which means they're definitely right. That's right. They're going to have all right. sorts of injuries. We've jinxed them. I don't know. Yeah. Pope, well, your Pope's on some sort of roll. Well, let's not talk about football. <laughs> interesting that nobody mentioned uh, San Diego, who was a, a trendy right. last year. Right, right. Uh, of course, Tatis is hurt, and yeah. you know, is going to be out for a little while. Yeah. So maybe they're that like affects the, it. They're like the Yankees, a good team that could come in third in their division. I like right, the so, Padres. Yeah. Let's uh, I, look. We got a little time here. I, I got a couple things I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up about it before we walk away from baseball. But tell me, you know, one one player, one team, one something you're looking forward to this year. Um, and we can we can bat out of order here. Who wants to go first, Milk? I'm. I know this is Paul Miller is gonna rip on me for being a homer, but I am like super excited about the breakout season for Wander Franco. I, I literally, I'm telling you guys, in September, you're going to be like, holy fucking shit, this guy's amazing. And we locked him down for a decade. So I'm looking forward to the same thing that I told you guys I was looking forward to last season when no one had heard of Otani. But I want to see more of Otani. We don't get to see enough of him on the East Coast. That's yeah. true. Good yeah, one. Stay up to well, So do we think Otani, I mean, are they going to at some point start limiting him in one one aspect or another. I mean, are they just going to keep letting them go? They say they're not. Yeah. Why would you? Why would they at this point? Well, I mean, I mean, I think think his pitching ultimately might suffer, but right. Yeah. Well, it hasn't yet. So until then house, what do you got Uh, for the old crowd among us? I love seeing when the, the kids like, uh, you know, Tatis and Guerrero, the one to look for this year, especially if you like small market teams, I want you guys to watch Bobby Witt's kids. Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt Jr. is playing shortstop for the Kansas City Royals, and he took the cover off the ball this spring. It's him and this other kid, uh, Spencer Torkelson, playing for the Detroit Tigers against small market. I want to see these rookies have some fun this year. I love seeing when these rookies come up, but I'm watching Bobby Witt Jr. this year. Who else has got one? I'm I'm interested in – I kind of previewed it. I'm interested in seeing how the uh, Braves' decision to let Freddie Freeman go uh, Mm. is going to play. Matt Olson, obviously, they they gave up major draft picks, and he's four years younger. Um, So they've they've made a big bet that Olson's going to be better than Freeman in the long run. And I think Freeman might be inspired by that and, you know, have an MVP-type year for the Dodgers. So – the, the, the two first base Dodger Braves got me interested. Good one, Pope. All right, I'm going to give you some young players to be excited about. You guys mentioned some of these. Uh, these are guys that I think will be fun. Uh, Jazz Chisholm with the Marlins. Keep an eye on Jazz. Uh, Shane Baz from Tampa. Although, is he hurt right now? Milk? He is hurt. He's hurt. He's going to be hurt. He's out for a little bit, right? Yep. Not for the season, though. No. No. So, ba- watch Baz. Wander Franco. I got him on the list. Yeah, Bobby Witt Jr. I got Witt Jr. on the on the list, and I got Torkelson on there. A couple other ones. Adley Rauschman, the catcher from Baltimore, might be one of the, the best catching prospects we've seen uh, in a what long time. What about the catcher time. from the Expos? Uh, those guys will be good, but but Rauschman's the guy to watch. He he, he could be really really the, one of the best to come up in a while. Seiya Suzuki from the uh, who's with the I guess is Cubs and. Uh, Jared Kalenic, although Kalenic came up with Seattle last year, had a really hot night on his first night up, a couple hits, a home run, and then he went over 39. So it's going to be interesting to see. He had to go back down in the minors for a little bit. It'll be interesting Time to see for how a he slump does buster. And then I just saw, I just got an update that actually the number three prospect in baseball, Julio Rodriguez, actually made the opening day roster for Seattle. So keep an eye on that. And as the final word on on Major League Baseball this season, let's not forget we are welcoming the Cleveland Guardians to MLB this year. We've retired the Indians' name. The Commanders are not the only shitty new name in professional sports. (laughs) We have the Guardians as well. So don't forget to keep an eye on the Cleveland Guardians this year. Anybody else have anything on baseball they want to add? 
Play ball. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go from the the uh, batter's box to the first tee. Don't go too far, Milk. Yeah. Keep going. It's uh. Have to it's, move it's locations. Mas- it's Masters week. Oh, uh, the azaleas <laughs> are blooming. Uh, we got guys uh, teeing it up in the driving range right now. Some are walking to the first tee. They're reaching into their bag. Hopefully, hopefully Milk's ready by Tiger's uh, news conference tomorrow morning. They're still finishing up the par three contest. Will Milk be ready before the par three tournament? Arnie just teed it up and took a swing. Oh, my God. He's walked off the green. Ceremonial first first shot down the middle. (laughs) It's there. All right. Hey. Hey, Hey, buddy. All right. Hey, there he is. Way to Milk the lead in. (laughs) <laughs> my, my four-year-old may have just come home unexpectedly so i'm okay for that later well there's that was worse, better than worse that was better than doja cat on. having to go to the bathroom at the grammys last night <laughs> yeah. all right yeah um i don't think you can have a conversation about the masters without talking about our former champion who is hobbling back in um May or may not play. We don't know. Of course, I'm talking about Hideki Matsuyama. Um, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to Tiger later. Um, I do want to spend a moment on the former or last year's champion. Uh, he's having a a rough year. I don't. I, he's pretty much withdrawn from like the last three tournaments. I think he's tried to play. <laughs> uh valero players match play i don't think he's gonna i don't even know if he's gonna play this year so i don't think matsuyama is gonna even be in in the conversation um it's interesting you know i was looking over the field and i'm like there are so many awesome players who have never won this tournament justin thomas uh rom kepka mcelroy um you know, but I think these, I think the winner this year is going to come out of this younger group. Uh, I, you know, Cameron Smith, um, no one is talking and this is the power of tiger, but nobody, and I'll throw this out to the group specifically Pope, you, you probably know the answer and you, you too house, but Nace and maybe you failing, you know, who the number one golfer is right now in golf. Yes. I it's Scotty Scheffler. He plays out of Royal Oaks in Dallas where I have a bunch of buddies who are there. I mean, they're going nuts. No, but dude, nobody's talking about him. If you look well, at Vegas, him, Vegas, Vegas is. Well, wait, no. wait till we do our picks. Vegas no. has him number two. No, they've got they've got uh, John Rahm at, at number one, and I think they've got JT and DJ above him. But this guy is on fire. Uh, won three times in the last six weeks, I think. Yep, match play. He won Bay Hill, he won the greatest tournament every year, the Phoenix <laughs> Open. Um, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna make a serious run. I like him, Cameron Smith, maybe a Zalatoris to, to, to win this whole thing. Um, but obviously, we can't talk about the Masters without talking about Tiger. As of right now, like, I think he might play. I heard he was on the practice screen or on the uh, driving range today. Uh, We are literally 14 months removed from, and we'd have to go back to like our podcast that week, because I'm pretty sure all of us were saying that we buried him. He may never play again. Or would be in a wheelchair. Yeah. We'll see him on the champions tour. I think he's going to fucking play. And not only that, like Tiger doesn't play unless he thinks he's in contention um, or at least can be competitive. And from what I read today on ESPN, the guy's hitting 310 yard drives. So this is like, this is going to be an amazing story if he actually tees it up on, on Thursday, but that's going to be the story of the week, obviously. But I think it's going to overshadow some of these, 
I mean, I think the Sh- Scotty Scheffler story is amazing, and it's not getting enough press because of, of Tiger. But I mean, I, I I like him to win it all. What do you, what do you guys think? The, the way that the way the Tiger, the even the story of him playing, benefits every one of these other guys. It is unbelievable how he remains the most important person in golf. I mean, even look at where we are. We're just talking about him putting a tee in the ground on the first on the first hole and playing for two days. And it's the most important story around the Masters right now. And it will elevate the viewership uh, to what it would not have been. So I, it, it is it's unbelievable. It's amazing what he's done for golf. I've got Scheffler winning it. That's my pick. I'm out. Wow. I, I think I think you know who is really appreciative of Tiger right now is one Philip Mickelson. Yeah. <laughs> because the story yeah. would otherwise be how he is going to miss the Masters for the first time in 28 years, not due to some physical issues, but due to his own stupidity and dumb fuckery, as we've talked about. Um, 1994 is the last time there's been a Masters without Mickelson or Tiger. So, we are on the precipice of potentially, you know, a big um, passing of the torch to the next generation of golfers if neither one of them play. My deal about Tiger, and I think I indicated to you guys, was I don't have any issues with him playing. and He's going to hit some great shots and, you know, he might even turn in a couple of really good scores. His problem is is uh, walking the, I think we've all been there, the, walk, the real hilly terrain at Augusta. TV doesn't do it justice. I mean, it is mountainous almost and we're talking about walking multiple miles each day playing 36 holes it i think the question for him is can his body withstand that and if he breaks down he doesn't want to really do that on national tv um and have to withdraw so you know i know it's a real tough decision for him let's not forget his doctors when this accident first happened we're talking about the possibility of amputating his leg yeah yeah I mean, it's, it's just a miracle that he's even he's even thinking about this yeah, I, I agree though. Like I don't, I can't go back to the Chambers Bay Tiger when he couldn't get the ball airborne. Like I hope he's not. I hope he's playing. If he's playing, he better be competitive. You know, if Tiger puts the tee in the ground and hits that first shot, it will be a bigger shot than Jordan in the Superdome. Uh it was. Oh, sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, listen, I think Tiger is going to play at the end of the Valero open yesterday. Azinger said that Tiger, you can count on it. He's going to play. Um, um, Bison said that he's the biggest story in golf. I think he's the biggest story in sports. I think in our lifetime, he will be, I mean, well, I guess not all of us benefited from, from Muhammad Ali, like Rooster did, but in most of our lifetimes, I wow. will say that he Tiger is the most transformative Savage. figure in sports across all sports. The fact that all this story is happening and he hasn't even put the T in the ground and all this other stuff, it's crazy. But I think he's going to play, and I think he, I think he makes the cut and then ends up being a non-issue. But I do think he plays and makes the cut. That's a, but that's a miracle, by the way. That's a miracle for him to play and actually mm-hmm. make the cut. All yep. right, who does everybody yep. have? Let's round it out. I told you, I got Scheffler. Scheffler. So I've got I've got uh, uh, a final twosome on Sunday of Scheffler and JT in a shootout, and I got JT finally putting the jacket on. Okay. I'm close with Pope. I got Scheffler in a shootout with Rom, but Rom takes the green jacket, and I think Rom wins this year's Masters. I'm going with a long shot. I just love, love, love Morikawa's swing. Mm. And I think it's perfectly suited for the Masters. I like him anytime he's playing in the Masters. Yeah. All right. We've all got first time winners. I like Should it. be fun. All right. Well, um, that gets us finally to Punchable Face of the Week. Come on, man. Once again, I don't think there's any shortage of uh, of nominees or deserving winners, and I'm just going to give you a quick one. I got the NCAA again for a different reason this time, but 
Why is the game so late? You fucking assholes. I am too old for this shit. I want to stay up and watch it, but you're ruining my Tuesday. You're ruining it for me. So NCAA, you get punched in the face. Let the game start early so kids can watch it. Kids and old men like me. What East Coast bias? My God. Yeah, what about, well. What about the people in California? They don't watch sports. I don't mind at 820 here. I really don't. Well, it's 920 here. That is 920 kinda, here. It's fucking awful. That is terrible. Please tell me Ben Simmons is getting punched. Somebody is somebody gonna punch punch him? Who? Simmons. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I got one. You want to go house? I've got one. I, 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 go. I just, I just want to say I, he might he might be catching up to Dan Snyder on being punched on this pod, but <laughs> Ben Simmons is such an asshole. He's yeah. just such an asshole. I mean, first Sel- selfish. He's he, so selfish. This whole thing about okay, let's remember that this all started because Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid made a heat of the moment criticism because he didn't take an open dunk against the Hawks that might have propelled them to victory in that series. That's all it was. People say things in the heat of the moment, but he he put his pacifier in his mouth and he like a little baby he went home and decided he was never going to play for the Sixers again. Well, then once they started not paying him. Either he figured it out, his dad figured it out, or Rich Paul, his agent, figured it out that if he said he had a mental health issue, he could maybe get paid. But then when the Sixers said, all right, we'll talk to our mental health doctors, he wouldn't do that. He said he went to his own mental health doctor. So his whole grievance is about the fact that the Sixers didn't pay him the $20 million he was owed, which he wasn't owed it if he was suspended for not playing for the team. He claims he was owed it because he had mental health problems. And now- what he's doing is he's not only torpedoing the Sixers, but he, now he's also screwing the Nets' chances of doing anything in the playoffs because the Nets can't get him either because either he or Rich Paul has figured out that if he shows up and plays now, he's going to have a really hard time claiming he can get his $20 million in a grievance because the Sixers will say, well, see, you just waited till you could play for a different team. You didn't want to play for us. So now he's got to go through with the charade. And I'll just say that, Besides Simmons getting a body blow, uppercut, and jab, there is one other kind of hook for the NBA NBA Players Association because they're getting behind that. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, like I get it, whatever. But if if this happens and he wins this grievance, players in perpetuity will be able to sit out because they don't feel like playing for teams and will get paid for it. And if the NBA um, and uh, I can't even say, it, but the NBA Players Association enables that, they deserve the punch too. What I agree. Good one. Good if one. He's, if he's using like a really serious issue, especially in sports right now, and he's using it as an excuse. That's right. He's, dis- he's disgusting. It's right. Yeah. 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 All right. Good. Two good punches. Any, any, any other punches? I have a quick one. You, you probably heard today that LSU basketball lost its entire team to the, <laughs> yes. to the transfer portal. You hate to see it I because think, I think, because their coach has been arrested by the FBI after being caught on a wiretap a few years ago, offering illegal payments to recruits. And now they're in deep shit. And this is the same guy who left Richmond under really bad circumstances when he was a VCU coach. Richmonders hate Will Wade. And now he's done it again. He has destroyed, single-handedly destroyed LSU basketball. Uh, But the that I also want to give the NCAA a punch because the irony is he's being fired for something that the boosters at LSU can now do legally because of the NIL rules. I mean, the NCAA has created a monster. The boosters, who technically probably are were the bosses of Will Wade back then anyway, could have gone to that same or now could go to that same recruit and say, we got this special deal for you. Come to LSU. It's 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 going to ruin college sports. We all thought it was a good idea at first. It's turning the unintended consequences are turning out to be horrible. Well, I thought the Murray State coach was going to LSU and he's bringing his team with him. Basically, did that not happen? I didn't. I didn't see anything mentioned think, about that today. In the I think the LSU, LSU team is going to Georgetown because Georgetown. Uh, gave a job to the one assistant who wasn't implicated in that whole scandal as Brilliant. an assistant. And apparently a bunch of guys are going from LSU to Georgetown. We'll see. 
But that's that's the story. How is any of that good for basketball? It's Where not. Entire teams are are transferring. It's all bullshit, it's by the way. On Moss, this guy just happened to get caught. Everybody yeah. is, was doing it. Well, one of the things. Well, one, well one maybe, things, maybe everybody in the SEC. Let's one, of the that, one, of the, one of the things that Coach K. One of the things that Coach K. said in, on, on the way out in the media press conference was, "We are at a critical juncture in what's happening in college sports. The NCAA has got to get its act together because right now it's kind of wild west. This transfer portal thing." And the NIL thing. Talk about what Rooster said, unintended consequences. Kids are going to get paid now. Whole teams are going to get swapped. The NCAA let this go way too far and now has got to rein it back in. I hope it's not too late. I mean, it, 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 there's an interesting postscript, by the way. I did not know this till last week, but but did you know that right now there's a four-year time, time limit, four-year statute limitations on whether or not you can hold a, a punish a, a, an NCAA program? And now there's a bill in Congress being sponsored by Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn and New Jersey Senator Cory Booker that would shorten that from four to two years. And it would make a situation like the one in LSU and some of these other ones. Actually, I think it would enable more problems to get away yeah. with because after a couple of years, it's forgotten. Uh, what do we think would happen here, by the way? What the fuck do we think would happen? Let's throw billions of dollars at 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, give them free reign to pay players. This is, I mean, this, this, this is, it jumps there's so never, quickly. It's also there's not never, new. It's also not new. No, it's though. not new. LeBron's but now, mom was driving around in one of those $150,000 Mercedes though. SUVs when he was in high school. It's worse, Rooster, there's, because you have, you see the video of Fred Taylor last week saying he was getting 50K from Georgia. That was hilarious. <laughs> you saw it in one year. <laughs> he went to Florida anyway. I he love kept it. That's he went awesome. to Florida. What a fuck yeah. you to Georgia. And he's like, <laughs> He, but but you've seen in one year you saw um, Alabama's court. What's his name? Get what is he? Bryce Young. Yeah, Bryce is getting a million. Now you're seeing eight million. Like the Tennessee kid. One year. It's well, called, wait, wait, wait. Who's going to get eight million? Well, what do you think Arch Manning's going to get? It, no, Arch Manning's going to get forty million a year. It's Ar- gonna no, be- no. Arch is the unnamed player. You know he. Is. Yeah. No, Tennessee kid is. I think. I think that Tennessee kid that you lost out to for quarterback got is getting the eight million. No. I think so. Uh, listen, nobody not is, named Manning is getting eight million dollars. Oh boy! Well, there's listen. There's an unlimited opportunity to punch the NCAA in the face, and yeah. uh, happy to see, happy to see it again. Let's talk about something good. We've got time for a lasso. <laughs> and I think Rooster has one for us. No, I said I do not. Oh, I thought Rooster had one. Anybody? Do we have uh, anything good to talk about in sports? Well, here I have one. I have one off the cuff. Oh, all right. Do you know who's probably going to win our uh, our college fantasy bracket? One Cheryl Pope. Hey, how she about that? Wins. How about wow. that? He always wins. There you go. Uh, he always so. picks Carolina. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Pope, Mary Good luck. Good luck to all the UNC fans. Good luck to Kansas. Good luck, Pope. May the luck, best Pope. team win. All right. Show guys. Take it easy, everyone. Born.
SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michaeler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison-Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.